Souvenir Programme. Look, Lee, can I have a word with you? Um, I need some advice. Need some advice? Sorry, it's fine. So, can I talk to you? Yeah, of course you can. Of course you can! Sorry. It's fine. I just need, you know, a serious talk, parrot to parrot. Parrot to parrot! It's fine. So, uh, what's on your mind? What's on your mind? Sorry. It's fine. Well, look, it's, it's, it's probably nothing. Pass the song! Of course you can! <laughs> Lately, I've, I've just started to worry that Julie might be, you know, seeing someone behind my back. Behind your back! My understand! I don't know, Mark. I mean, that, that really doesn't sound like Julie. Why do you think so? Why do you think so? Behind your back! I don't know. It's, it's, it's little things. Little things! Tickets, please! She's become quite distant. Um, she comes home late. Behind your back! Yes, you can! And, and some of the things she repeats, I don't think I said. Oh. Oh, God. Yeah. So, uh, have you talked to her about it? Why do you think so? Parents are parents! Well, I tried to, but... but Things got out of hand, you know. I said some things I regretted. She said some things she regretted. And then I said some things she regretted. She said some... You know how it goes. Yeah, yeah. Need some advice? Well, look, I think you are just being paranoid. I mean, I've known Julie for a long time, and she'd never do that to you. Never. Here's your change! Really? You, you think so? I, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you're right. Thanks, mate. No worries. I think you suspect! What was that? Nothing. <laughs> Interview with PC Andrew Biggs recommencing. All right. 1433, present DI Rory Gilbraith, DS Cedar Amin, and PC Biggs Federation rep. So, Biggs, where were we? Uh, the suspect abandoned his vehicle at the corner of Blanford Road and Station Road. Yes, sir. What happened then? Uh, he set up on foot down the alley alongside the railway sidings. Mm -hmm. And what did you do, Andy? You gave chase, I imagine. Yes, sir. Did you? You seem hesitant. No, I did, sir. I set off in pursuit on foot. At what speed? A brisk pace, sir. <laughs> brisk? Very brisk. Were you running? Were you running, PC Beggs? Not exactly, sir. Not exactly. No, as several eyewitnesses have reported, you set off after the absconding suspect at a brisk walk. <laughs> Why was that, Andy? I... Uh, was it, perhaps, that you had no intention of catching the suspect? Was it that you had already been paid off very nicely by him and his nasty little friends and you were quite happy to see him heading for the hills? Uh, no, sir. No, it wasn't like that at all, sir. Then why were you walking? I look stupid when I run. <laughs> you look stupid when you run? Yes, sir. I've just... I've got a stupid run. <laughs> Something happened to my arms, sir. I sort of go out of the elbows and my hands go all flapping. So you didn't pursue the suspect because of your stupid run? Well, uh, there were people, sir, watching, members of the public. I, I, I took such steps as I deemed necessary to uphold the prestige of the police force in the eyes of the community, sir. And anyone caught him, didn't I? You did, yes. But he discovered he was running into a cul-de-sac and was forced to turn round and run back to you. Then you caught him. <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't have done that if I were bent, would I? Well, what did you do then? I apprehended the suspect. I cuffed him and I took him to the station to be processed. And did you read him his rights? <laughs> did you? 
No, sir. No, no. You did not. That's making the whole arrest illegal quagmire. You see, Biggs, what I think happened is you were forced to apprehend him being surrounded by witnesses. So in order to let your little chum off the hook, you deliberately failed to read no. him his rights. No, sir. Honest, I just forgot. You forgot to read him his rights. No, I knew I had to. I just forgot how they went. <laughs> I just I always get them muddled, you know, with all the anything you don't say and anything you do say. And I've been going over and over it on the chase. And I basically had it. And then when he turned around, I got flustered. And I thought, oh, I'm going to mess it up. And I thought, you know, I'll just let them do it at the station. Stop the tape. Andy, off the record, just tell me, are you a bent copper? No, sir. Honest, cross my heart, I'm not. I'm just a bad copper. (laughs) I mean, not bad like naughty, bad like rubbish. (laughs) Ah, sure, we're all a bit rubbish sometimes. On you go, lad. Bell. So glad you could come to our little soiree. We are honoured indeed. Oh, the honour is all mine, Your Ladyship. George, George, may I present Herr Packerbell, one of the finest composers of our age. Ah, ah yes. Uh, pleased to meet you, Packerbell. And perhaps, who knows, we may even tempt the maestro to play a little something for us. Oh, no, I, I would not presume. Oh, but please... Oh, well, if you insist. Uh, as it happens, I have uh, just this morning completed a brand new work, and I would be honoured to play it for you. I call it Packerbell's Fantasia in G minor. A, a new piece? Yes, I... <laughs> you are not pleased? Oh, no, we are. Aren't uh, we, darling? Yes, beside ourselves. But, <laughs> but you know, this humble gathering is hardly worthy of a premiere. I assure you, we would be quite content with one of your older pieces. <laughs> oh, uh, so perhaps you would like to hear my fugue in F minor? Hmm, we'd quite like to hear that. <laughs> would we? Of course we would. How- however, I tell you what, though, Maestro, I wonder if perhaps we might hear your wonderful... Please don't say the cabin. <laughs> what a coincidence. As it, as it happens, I was going I to... I don't want to play the cabin. <laughs> really? It's, um, it's just I've kind of moved on from the canon now, you know? I, it's been very good to me, but I am doing so much more interesting work now. Uh, for instance, my hexachord of my polonius, a suite of six arias. Mm, we... Yeah, we're jolly good. Yeah, no, I, I don't think you understand. You see, each aria... No, 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 I, I, I do understand. Cracking stuff, and we, <laughs> we definitely like to hear those. Oh, well, I absolutely have... One day, but right now, I think we're all just in the mood to hear a nice... Canon, if you happen to have one. Oh, I see. What, I suppose you think I'm just the canon guy, do you? Well... No, no, of course not. Mm. No, Herr Packerbell, I assure you, we're enormous fans of your entire can... your entire... <laughs> body of work. Oh, yes? What is your favourite? Well, my favourite... Probably is the canon. Apart from the canon, what is your favourite piece of mine that's not the canon? Oh, oh, that's tricky. Um... Yes, so many to choose from. <laughs> so many beloved Packerbell classics. But I would say your symphony... I've never for... written a symphony. No, of course not. I, I was... Oh, I was thinking of one of your other canons. Your canon in A. No. B. No. C? No, I only ever wrote one cannon, okay? I wrote it in half an hour one morning to meet a deadline when I was hungover. <laughs> and I did not realise at the 
time it will be the only thing anyone would ever want me to play ever again. Well, it is a lovely cannon. It's fine. You know, it's chords. They're nice. I have written two masses. Why does no one ever want to hear my masses? Maybe they're not as catchy. Bom diddy bom diddy bubble. Don't hum it! Do not hum it! Do you have any idea how much of my life I spent with that stuck in my head? But I just managed to get rid of it this morning. And I, no, no, it is back. Bom diddy bom diddy bom diddy bom diddy. Oh, thank you. Great. Thanks a lot. It'll be there for weeks now. Would it have killed you just to hear my fugue? It's such a pretty little fugue. <laughs> Curious fellow. Why do I suddenly want wedding cake? Hmm. <laughs> All right, shirts. All right, All right boss. Now then, shirts, listen up. You know what this is about? It's October, the end of the season. You boys are the short sleeves, members of the squad. It's time to talk about which of you are going back into the wardrobe to rejoin us next spring. And which of you it is very regretfully time to say goodbye to? Let's start with the obvious ones. Blue with white dots. Where are you? Here, boss. Yeah, so you're the uh, only new signing this year. Obviously, you're staying. Welcome to the wardrobe. Have a good winter. See you in May. Yes, boss. Baggy Grey. Where are you, Baggy Grey? Here I am, boss. Ah, uh, now. You are not a good-looking shirt. No, that I'm not, boss. You got me there. But I'll tell you what I am. I boss. know what you are. You're comfy. I am that much. I'm ever so comfy. You really are. You can stay. OK, where's the expensive foreign signing? What do you want? Look, you don't suit me. Oh, this you finally work out, huh? Of course I don't suit you. This I could have said to you the day you impulsed by me in Firenze. Because it's sunny and you've had three glasses of wine. <laughs> you have to have style to carry me off. You wear me, you look like teenagers having a brave go. <laughs> right, well, I'll get rid of you then. No, you won't. Why not? Because I cost more than any other three of your shirts put together. Yeah, that is really not saying that. I know that. <laughs> but still, it will make you pointlessly keep me in your wardrobe forever. Yep, true enough, yep. <laughs> uh, who's next? Oh, yes. White with blue vine leaves pattern. Where are you? Oh. <coughs> Here I am, governor. Go on, tell me the worst. Don't you worry, old vine leaves. You're my favourite. You've got nothing to worry about. Oh, no, gov. Ever art. What? I'm eight years old, governor. I've had a good life. Just let me rest. Swing low, sweet charity shop. <laughs> Oh, no, I've got plenty of clothes older than you. You don't hear black and white stripy jumper complain, do you? I've had him since school. For God's sake, let me die! <laughs> no, no, Vine Leaves, I'm sorry you feel that way, but someone once told me you make me look slim. <laughs> you are going nowhere. Oh, speaking of which, where's pineapple pattern? I'm, I'm right here, boss, always at your side. No, look, pineapples. You don't fit me. Oh, I kind of do. No, you don't. You're too hard on yourself. I'm not. I'm not. When I bought you, I sucked my belly in and reckoned I could get away with it. <laughs> then I wore you in public. I did not get away with it. You very nearly did, boss. Yeah, and that was three years ago. Every year since, I've put you on once, shuddered, put you back. Also, you have pineapples on you. You are an obvious candidate for the high jump. But, boss, you're forgetting. It's over six months before you'll wear me again. By that time, 
You'll probably be thin. <laughs> that is a very good point. Yeah, you can stay. Uh, boss, don't want to cause trouble, but I can't help notice you uh, haven't actually chosen any shirts to throw out. Yeah, I know. Well, I didn't want it to come to this, but here goes. T-shirts! All right, settle down now. <laughs> now then, kids, I love you all, and there's no easy way to say this, but I'm going to be 40 next year. <laughs> Morning, Stan. Ready to start? Suppose so. All right, you are then. OK, Bill, we're ready. Open the hopper. Ooh, big delivery today. Yeah. Apparently, they've just taken on more collectors. Well, sooner we started. Uh, and remember, any bicuspids you promised me first did. What? I never. When did I? When I saved your ass last month when you were way behind on your molar quota. That's when. All right, fair enough, yeah. Catch! Oh, Jack. George? Mm-hmm. So, where do you suppose these shoots lead to, then? I don't suppose. You must have wondered. Every day we take in children's teeth from all over the country, sort them by type and drop them into these shoots. But why? I haven't wondered, and I suggest you don't wonder either. <laughs> Got to at least wonder. No, I don't, no. Look, it's none of our business. If a vast multinational vending machine business wants to collect children's teeth, I'm sure there's a perfectly good... Hang on, hang on, what? Vending machine business? Well, yeah, we know that much, at least. This whole operation is financed by a drinks company. Where did you think all the 50p's under the pillow came from? <laughs> I thought the fairies left. The fairies? The fairies? <laughs> it's, of course, the fairies leave, and that's their job, but where do they get them from? Right, right. Yeah, I suppose you think the Tesco delivery guy grows all the food, do you? Yes, all right, all right. <laughs> Where do they get them from? Well, I told you, vending machines. All vending machines have a tiny panel on the side. All tooth fairies have a universal key that opens them. When a fairy gets a trace on for a new tooth, she flies off to the nearest vending machine, gets a 50p from it, leaves it under the pillow. So the question is, why is the drinks company prepared to pour so much of their profits into the acquisition of hundreds of thousands of human infant teeth? Right! But why are they then? Well, like I say, that's the question we shouldn't ask. We're just here to do a job. Okay. Did ask him. Well, all I'll say is this. You know how tooth enamel is the hardest substance in the human body, harder than steel? Yeah. And you remember in primary school that experiment where you put a tooth in a glass of coke and it dissolves within a week? Yeah. So how come that's possible? Okay, how come? Well, do you want me to spell it out for you? Look, I'm not saying a vital component of the famously secret recipe for Coca-Cola is infant human teeth. <laughs> All I'm saying is, give us a hand shoveling these teeth into a chute which goes we know not where, paid for by the Coca-Cola Corporation. <laughs> right you are. Oh, George? Yeah? Just to clarify, presumably we're not suggesting that it's just Coke that's made up of ground-up child's teeth. We also mean Pepsi and all other cola drinks which are available. <laughs> yes? Don't be silly. Pepsi's made of high fructose corn syrup. No, it's Coke that's made of baby's milk. It's Coca-Cola. <laughs> now, it's funny. The day I first met her, I was actually in a really bad mood. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because I just got off the plane. And the thing about me is, I don't know why, but I never sleep very well on planes. <laughs> I don't think many people do. Well, I definitely don't. So I was pretty grumpy. But a funny thing about me, you see, is if I don't get enough sleep, I get really grumpy. 
Right. Yeah, I know, weird, isn't it? And, and oh, yeah, and on this flight it was even worse because there'd been, this, uh, there'd been this baby crying all the way. Oh, no. Yeah, now you probably won't understand why that's relevant. I, th- I think I do. But you see, it's a funny thing, but to me, okay, the noise of a baby crying, okay, to me, it's irritating. It's, it's, I don't know, it's sort of fun. Um, I personally just find it irritating. really irritating. Everyone. Yeah, so uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, our first date. So I hadn't had much sleep, and oh, yeah, I couldn't hear her very well. Because the bar was noisy, and the thing about you is you find it hard to hear people in noisy rooms? I do, actually, yeah. <laughs> oh, fancy you remembering that about me. <laughs> no, but that wasn't what I was going to say. No, you see, another thing about me oh, God. is that when I'm on a plane, OK, and it starts descending, this weird thing happens to my ears. They pop. I don't know how to describe it. It's sort of like they... Um, it's almost as if pop. they pop. Mm. And I don't know what it is. It's your Eustachian tubes it's adjusting to the change of air pressure. It's just this weird thing about me. <laughs> anyway, point is, I was in a really bad mood for the date, but then we just hit it off straight away. Honestly, it's like we were soulmates. It's just crazy how much stuff we had in common. We both liked films. Everyone likes films. We both <laughs> like going to the pub. You met in a pub. We're both into food. All humans eat food to stay alive. <laughs> I don't like really specific stuff. Go on, then. Uh, okay, so my favourite film ever, okay, is Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I said that, mm-hmm. and it turned out mm-hmm. that it's one of her top ten comedy films as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what are the chances of that? Hi! <laughs> chances of that are high. Everyone likes that film. It's a good film. The only way that film would be a useful way of identifying kinship is if you both hated it. Well, I don't know, maybe you're right, but uh, the thing about me is I'm <laughs> really good at identifying and exaggerating perceived communalities with people in order to foster warm relationships. That's just the thing about me. Yeah, that actually is the thing about you. Yeah. <laughs> that, and if I ever look directly at the moon, I sprout giant leathery wings. But then who doesn't? <laughs> My name is Patsy Straightwoman, presenter at Stooge of the Interview Sketch and proud three-time winner of the Sid Little Award for also being there. (laughs) Recently, I've been troubled by the plight of people who can't come into my studio but nonetheless are in desperate need of feed lines. With that in mind, welcome to my new show, Behind Closed Doors, in which I go to places and talk to the people there. Ideally, the place will have doors. (laughs) This week, I'm going behind closed doors at one of the most remarkable stately homes in the country. This, standing majestically on the white cliffs of Dover, straining at the stout guy ropes that have kept it tethered here since the 12th century, is the original Bouncy Castle. (laughs) Now, if I can just find the bell. Oh, that's odd. It's painted on, madam. Oh, hello. Oh, yes, so it is. It's all painted on, madam. The bell rope the bricks, the windows. I mean, if you think about it for two seconds. Yes, of course. Uh, I'm Patsy Straightwoman. Ah, yes. Lord Bouncy is expecting you. So, if Madam would care to clamber on... Oh, absolutely. Uh, shoes off, if you please, Madam. Oh, yes, of course. There. Um, shall I put them... Just leave them there with the others. Now, if you would kindly follow me... Oh, right. I might suggest, madam, best results are obtained by keeping the feet together and making short, definite jumps. Oh, okay, um, like this? Madam is a natural. This <laughs> one. Oh, yes. Oh, I see. <clears throat> Miss Patricia Straightwoman, your lordship. Oh, jolly good. Nice to meet you. Come on in. Will that be all, sir? Oh, yes, thank you, Harvey. Very good, sir. 
Off he goes. Now, uh, now, come on in. Uh, uh, this is my wife. Pleasure to meet you. Oh, pleasure to meet you, lady. Oh, please call me Emily. I don't use the title. Really? Why not? Because the title is Lady Bouncy. <laughs> now, uh, what can I get you? Whiskey and soda. Thank you. Yeah, good show. You don't mind having it in a sippy cup, I suppose. <laughs> uh, jolly good. Cheers. So, this really is the original Bouncy Castle. That's right. The original and the only one still standing. Yes, yes, there were others, but over the centuries they've all blown away or burst. Yes. Just us left. In this country, at any rate. There are still one or two on the continent. Oh, yes, that's true. Yes. Chateau Ricochet, of course. Schloss <laughs> Hoopensprinkel. Mm. But uh, just us in Britain. Uh, now, would you care to see the battlement? Mm. So, are there any disadvantages to living in a bouncy castle? Well, I think we all miss shoes. Yes. <laughs> and it can be quite dicey sometimes up here on the battlements, especially in high winds. Mm, yes. One doesn't like to criticise one's ancestors, but I can't entirely endorse the first Duke's decision to build the castle on the edge of a cliff. <laughs> and by build, of course, I mean inflate. <laughs> yes. Curious chap, the Duke de Beyoncé. Yeah. Anyway, the upshot is I'm the 43rd Duke of Bouncy. Most dukedoms are still in the teens, but we lose a hell of a lot of dukes over the side. <laughs> Something which is reflected, I think, in the family motto, which is, for God's sake, be careful on the battlements. <laughs> and never serve hot soup. The time had come for me to say my goodbyes. I had enjoyed my time with the bouncies, but as I left, one nagging doubt kept on recurring to me. I'd found many things on my visit, but had I truly found a punchline? <laughs> had I, though? Had I really? No. <laughs> Jason Wallace. Oh, Jesus. Are you Jason Mark Wallace? You bloody know I am. You've got nothing, OK? Doesn't matter how many times you come oh, out. Oh, yeah, we got... have, mate. Miller talked. Oh, yeah. Jason Mark Wallace, I am arresting you on suspicion of criminal damage and theft, money laundering and bribery. Look, let me just... You do not have to say anything, but it may harm your defence if you do not say anything which you don't later... No... Ah! If you do say something, which then, later, you... Oh, I'll start again. You do not have to say anything. But if you do say something, it may harm your defence if you say something that you don't say. Oh, I had this! I had it. I'll start again. You do not have to say anything, but it may harm your defence if... You do not mention... Don't help me. <laughs> but, yeah, if you don't mention something which you... Didn't mention. No, 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 no. Did did mention? No. no, no, no. no. Uh, later. <gasps> oh, which you later rely on in court. Yes. Ah, oh, brilliant. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, no bother. And um, anything I do say? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, anything you do say will definitely be used against you in court and just generally. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm sorry, I was sure I had it that time. No, you nearly did, you nearly did. You'll get it. Yeah, all right, well, come on, let's get you down the station. Uh, it's this way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I am delighted to say that after a most stimulating discussion on such matters as the laws 
of supply and demand and the very nature of the artist-patron relationship, Herr Packabell has <laughs> kindly volunteered to play for us his celebrated canon indie. Thank you, thank you, I couldn't be happier. <laughs> now, what have we here? Oh, my goodness, what an incredibly futuristic instrument you have here in 1705. <laughs> Still, I'm sure I'll get the hang of it. Yes, I think I've got it. <laughs> All right, then. Yes, indeed. A canon in D that everyone loves so much, especially me. I will play it if you force me, even though it deeply bores me. Every soiree, every salon, Pekabel, please play your canon. Not too late, though, I can tell you'd really love my choral prelude, my sonata, my toccata. No, I see they're all non-starters. Fine, then you win. Here's the damn thing. Yes, here it is, since it seems I can't cajole or coax you, knock yourselves out, people, here's your canon, hope it chokes you, I try to serve up a smorgasbord of subtle flavors, all that you want is an avalanche of semi-quavers, round and around, like an endless game of pass the parcel all of the grace of a bison in a bouncy castle, all that it does is go doobie-doobie-doobie-doobie-doobie-doobie-doobie-doobie-doobie-doobie-doobie-doobie-doobie-doobie-doobie-doobie-doobie-doobie-doobie-doobie-doobie-doobie-doobie-doobie-doobie-